Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Everybody, welcome to Brazuca Sounds number 24, first of this year of 2022. How's it going out there? Send me a message if you can. I'm on Instagram as Brazuca Sounds, always sharing background information of everything that I say here in this show, also sharing the cover of the albums that I ended up mentioning here. Today, this episode, first of the year, is going to be about uh, interesting pianists slash arrangers of Brazil. The top five, in my opinion. And obviously, every single one of these artists here in this show today, they have a very big discography, so I'm going to try to maintain some kind of a top three of my favorite records of each of them, majorly from the 1970s, but all of them are still active up to this day. So let's go, without further ado, let's start with Elmir Deodato. Deodato is one of those prodigies of Brazilian music. He started his career when he was only 17, uh, performing in Bolsonaro shows, writing arrangements. He released his first LP in 1964, entirely made of songs written by Tom Jobim. So it was pretty much in that Bolsonaro scene, uh, primarily. He also put a lot of albums with groups probably the most important one, Os Catedráticos, that I briefly mentioned here a long time ago in the second episode of Brazilian Sounds, on an episode about the Brazilian drummer Don Romão. But anyway, Elmir Daudato really took off in his career when he moved to the USA, New York, in 1967. He was hired by Cree Taylor, to work on records by other artists, right? Released by the CTI label, Tonja Bean, Aretha Franklin, Frank Sinatra, just the top of the top, really. The first record that I'm showing you here is one record from 1972, Percepção. He was already living in USA, but this record is largely unknown abroad, released only in Brazil by Audion kind of very peculiar record because there are no credits or liner notes. Percepção is really more a precursor of everything that Deodato will do in the future, but it's way more melancholic than his future endeavors. Almost a soundtrack to a noir movie. Sounds here are kind of grandiose, a lot of orchestral arrangements, but very, very tender. songs 
songs composed by himself, Elmir Delgato, except one. Obviously, this is a song composed by Hermeto Pascual. And if you're a Brazilian music enthusiast, you probably know this song recorded by other artists, such as Hermeto Pascual himself, and also recorded by the drummer Ayrton Moreira, who also established himself in the United States, just like Deodato. Percepção is a very short record, only 25 minutes, perfect for a Saturday morning hangover, drinking tea, is really a link in comparison with his future records in the 1970s when he got this big break for the CTI label where he was working, as I said earlier, but then he got the chance to record the record by himself and is a record for 1973, internationally famous. Obviously, Prelude is one of the most famous Brazilian instrumental records, really a crossover music style. Uh, this song, for instance, very recognizable by the movie Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. And because of this arrangement by Omir Deodato, he actually received a Grammy in the category Instrumental Performance, and this record ended up selling 5 million copies worldwide. And it's actually very hard to categorize this record. It's kind of fusion, jazz, Brazilian funk, all mixed with the classical pieces. My favorite track, though, it is the latest one on the record. It's called September 13. <laughs> Deodato pieces written by himself are better than his arrangements or covers, so to speak. So I really, really like this piece here, September 13th. If you like Prelude, of course, you definitely should check it out. The banger and supper strut from his follow-up record, Deodato 2, also released in 73. Dude was very, very creative with his Fender Rhodes. If you listen to this particular song on earplugs or headphones, it's a very magical experience. Every sound coming from a different speaker from the right and from the left, and then blending together magically. 
totally recommend the experience. And obviously then, Deodato between 79 and 83, he also performed with the group Cool and the Gang. He worked with the Icelandic singer Bjork during the 90s. And like I said earlier, he's still very, very active for this new generation. Deodato is probably known as the grandfather-in-law of Justin Bieber. And to make a transition with our next artist here in British Sounds of today, it's also a record that Deodato was involved, but it was not released on CTI, but another historic jazz label, Muse record, and it was not actually his record, but a record by João Donato. So this is early 1973, and these two Brazilian keyboard wizards, right, Deodato and João Donato, they were both in New York, and so they decided to cut a record together, and the result is this early jazz funk jam with a lot of Brazilian tunes. João Donato's wah-wah piano command in the show here, and his history of this record is actually João Donato wrote all these songs very, very, like a jam session, very improvised. He left behind, he went back to Brazil, and Deodato ended up taking all these songs and then contributing with his very sophisticated arrangements, right? So the record became known as Donato Deodato. John Donato, if you don't know, he was way older than Deodato. He was like probably more than 10 years older. He was living in the US for a long time. And John Donato was putting records in Brazil since 1963, way time before. And you might recognize one of the songs from that record, Muito à Vontade. Right after this Bocinova Samba kind of record, João Bonato moved to the United States where he stayed for a long time, reincorporating Afro-Cuban musicality into jazz. That's something that we really liked, Latin music. And while living in the U.S., João Donato put together a very remarkable record in 1970, and it's called A Bad Donato. Thank you. 
This record condenses funk, psych dealers, soul music, Afro-Cuban sounds, as I said earlier, jazz, fusion, like it's a dancing Donato, full of groove, sonic. This record was released by a California record label, so there's all that sunshine kind of vibe too. The record really seems like a infusion of the Banda Black Hill, very pop and catchy, but at the same time very, very ahead of its time. Although my favorite record is the next one, when he went back to Brazil. So the name of this record is King at King, Who is Who from 1973, released by the Audion Records in Brazil. And this album came about after Jean Donato received a divorce request from his then wife. And according to the legend, she left the house, leaving behind only the piano of Jean Donato. He spent only a few more days in the US and he took off, he returned to Rio de Janeiro for the Christmas. By the way, he left behind all those songs he composed as a jam session and Elmir Dodato ended up making the arrangements, I told the story earlier. And then he released this record here in Brazil, his first record where João Donato sings. So all the lyrics were written by different songwriters because he was not really a songwriter himself. So one exception here is the song Aha, the Frog. So if you understand Portuguese, don't have to wrote these lyrics, but this is actually not Portuguese. This is just like syllables without any meaning really, just gibberish. And you can actually hear that he had kind of a weird voice in their recording. And that's why João Donato said during an interview to the Folia de São Paulo uh, in 2014. I had the flu that day and my difficulty in breathing was recorded with my nasal voice. The studio people loved it. He also stutters in a different song and that's what he said about it. An actor came to ask me how I managed to perform in such an authentic way. Man, that was a bottle of whiskey I drank. So this record had no investment from the label Audion. Distribution, promotion ended up being very obscure. It became like a code status like 40 years after when it was reissued. Uh, Jonato became very disaffected with the industry over the year. He's jumped from label to label. And one of the records that's very, very good, if you don't know, is Lugar Comum. Top to bottom, very good. Brazilian music at its best. Jean Donato again just relying on other songwriters, Naturalmente, written by Caetano Veloso. The next song here, Emorio, written by Gilberto e Gil.
this song is just a bang, as the DJs like to say. And if you are an enthusiast of Brazilian music, you probably also recognize this song, uh, sang by Fafá de Belém. But anyway, this is our three records by João Donato that I totally recommend, but he still put together a lot of records up until this day. Just the other day, I was listening to the DJ set of my Instagram pal, DJologist from Virginia, where he played marvelous new songs by João Donato and his show Sound Flight on Universal Rhythms Radio. Alguma coisa de lá, o sol, a lua, o céu, de Oxalá é Moripaô. go ahead. One of my favorite intros to a song of all time. No kidding. This is Egberto Gismonti, one of the most brilliant Brazilian artists of all time. The song is Janela de Ouro, Gold Window. It is the opening track of his second record, Sonho 70, or Sonho 70, if you don't speak Portuguese very well. Released by Polidor, Egberto Gismonti was only 23 when he released this LP, and no wonder this is all his songs, all his own arrangements, do it all kind of guy. Obviously, Egberto Gismonti is one of those classical trained musicians from 1968 to 71. He actually lived in France where he studied with the exponents of contemporary classical music, so he not only played very well and composed very well. He really knew all the technicalities and the history of music composition. And that's why his work is so vast, so interesting. When you, it's very hard to kind of accomplish uh, a discography by Gilberto Gismonti because it's so different one record to another, all over the place, but in a good way.
can clearly see this blending, right, of very classical and almost erudite instruments on the piano and the orchestral arrangements, but also the beauty, very simple beauty behind all his tunes. Uh, another record of Egberto Gismonti that you probably should go after if you don't know anything about this guy, especially his early records released in Brazil. It is the 1972 Agua e Vinho. So to me, this is the most Brazilian record of Egberto Gismonti in some way, but not the urban Brazil, a party, samba, happy tunes that mostly people associated with Brazil, but quite the opposite. This record is the most melancholic thing you might even listen to in your entire life. It is the Brazil of the countryside, quietude, an open field with cows and green grass and a vast horizon, which for many foreigners, this is not an idea of Brazil, right? Many people, they don't even know that kind of thing exists in Brazil. And ironically enough, the song in the background is called Prum Samba, which again is normally a genre, a rhythm mostly associated with fun tunes, but this is Egberto Gismonti, extremely peculiar uh, version of samba. This record is more or less like Clube da Esquina by Milton Nascimento, but obviously way less folk and more symphonic. Obviously, between 1970 and 1980, Egberto de released around 15 records. I'm just gonna play a very short snippet from a song on his 1977 record, Carmo, just so you can understand how much he was this melancholic and symphonic guy, but he also had this understanding of Brazilian pop and catch music as well. Very funky tune featuring his then wife, the Brazilian superstar Vanderleia. But anyway, to finish it off here, my third favorite record of Egberto Gismonti. It is a story that in 77 he was invited to record an album by the German label ECM. And at the time, the military government in Brazil required a compulsory deposit fee for travelers going abroad, right? So, which was very expensive for Gismonti uh, bring his band. He went alone to Norway 
to record the record, but before he made a stop in Paris where he knew a bunch of people when he was introduced to Nanavas Concelos, probably the best betting ball player of all time, who ended up traveling with Gismonti to Oslo to record. And instead of one record, Egberto Gismonti Uh, in partnership with Anavas Concelos and other musicians, local musicians like the sax player Jan Garbrek, they ended up recording many, many records for the ACM. And my favorite one, it is the one from 1978, Sol do Meio Dia. It's just really for all this organic kind of jam, improvised pieces. It's really a tribute to the indigenous peoples. And in the back over of this LP, Sol do Meio Dia, he actually says here. The music on this album is dedicated to the Shingu Indians, whose teaching were so important to me during the time I spent with them in the Amazon jungle. The sound of the jungle, its color and mysteries, the sun, the moon, the rain and the winds. But most of all, the integration of musician, music, and instrument into an undivided whole. Egberto Gismonti was willing to achieve something else other than only music, some kind of a transcendental experience. And talking about out-of-body experiences, this is exactly the motif of our next artist right here, Hermeto Pascual. <laughs> There is a Brazilian expression that says where Judas lost his boots, meaning a very far away place, a place that anybody ever heard about it, and that is the place where Hermeto Pascual comes from, the very countryside of the northeast and very desertic terrains. And you might recognize this song from earlier here in the show on the Deodato's record Percepção. This is the writer of the song's version. Pascual's career began right in the beginning of the 1960s. He was in the Brazilian scene for quite some time, but he had his big braid, especially internationally, with an appearance and of course, Miles Davis' record, Live Evil of 1971, where Miles Davis played three pieces composed by Hermetus Pascual, not giving him the credits, by the way, Pascual had to sue the record label to be recognized on that Miles Davis record. But anyway, although you will find Pasquale's records in the jazz section of most record stores. True the matter is, Hermetus Pasquale's music is kind of indescribable. Just like his first solo record released in Brazil, a Música Livre de Hermeto Pasquale. And actually in his liner notes, Hermeto wrote as it follows. 
To avoid influencing anyone, I don't want to speak to the sound of this record. Stay free, seek to understand it, and come to your own conclusions. How would it be if everyone thought as I do? But anyway, after that record, Hermeto really didn't like his treatment by the recording company and actually said he would never record music in Brazil ever again. If someone wanted to listen to his music at home, uh, the audience should just bring a tape recording to his shows. And he took off one more time to the United States and put together his most famous international record, 1977 Slave Mass. Here, Hermeto Pascual plays the piano, the flute, saxophone, accordion. He can similarly play any instrument, including many of his own invention. He uses a lot of unconventional percussion instruments, from bottles to glasses, and as we previously heard, animal sounds as well. And if you don't know, uh, Hermeto Pascual is an albino and he only took on music because he could not work and his family's farm actually like he's from a region that is extremely extremely hot up north in brazil and because he's kind of an eccentric kind of guy one might get the idea that metal pascal music is quite obtuse but it's quite the contrary in my opinion i guess Hermeto is a legitimate odd to traditional sounds of Brazil and sounds in general. The very meaning of a sound is he's very conventional and catchy when he wants to be. The song in the background is a very catchy song, right? Hermeto Pascual really put together uh, a blending of jazz fusion and Brazilian regional rhythms from the northeast, uh, Bayão, where he was his expertise. And contrary to what he said earlier, he ended up coming back to Brazil, recording in Brazil again on a new established uh, Warner record label over there and he came up with my favorite record of Hermeto Pascual in 1979 
So as you can see, there's a lot of experiments with this Nordestino music and including a fair amount of spoken words and poetry in this record. But unfortunately, how these things normally go, this album was very hard to get, even in Brazil, back in the day. It was not really on the shelves of any stores, and it was essentially invisible and impossible to get uh, elsewhere in the world. But it's definitely my favorite record of him. I think it is the, the, the most brilliant representation of his mix of jazz and Brazilian music. And out of curiosity, the ensemble they put together for this particular record it is the same band he will record the very famous live presentation in Montreux in the Jazz Music Festival there in Switzerland, which for many people was the best live album in history, a record almost entirely uh, made of improvised jams never released before. And that being said, this is a wrap for this show, guys. Hopefully you enjoy. Follow me on Instagram. I'm there as the Brazuka Sounds. If you also don't know, you can follow a playlist on Spotify called Soundtrack of Brazuka Sounds with all the songs I play here in the show and all the show I already recorded. So they are there probably more than... So at this point, they are there more than 250 songs. Enjoy yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.